Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This doesn't come out of human bodies. Nature's deadliest organisms. What is wrong with my child? They can hijack our bodies. It literally eats the brain. I could die here. Disable our immune systems. It was really disturbing. He wasn't there. And eat us from within. I was praying to God that he not take my daughter. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. 26-year-old Christy Ann Eady is a college graduate with a degree in international studies. But her passion in life has led her far beyond the classroom. I love traveling. I love experiencing new cultures and just having experiences that really force me to step outside of my comfort zone. Her mother, Melody Nicholas, is not surprised by Christy Ann's desire to see the world. Ever since she was young, she wanted to explore everything and... The world was amazing to her, like her playground. Soon after graduating college, Christy Ann gets the chance of a lifetime. I was accepted into the Peace Corps. My dream had finally come true. When my mother found out, I'm sure she was devastated, but she still put a smile on her face and gave me a hug and said, I know you're doing the right thing. I have to be very supportive of her path, even though I'm at home being concerned or worried. But Christy Ann and Melody have no idea what terrors await on the other side of the world. It's spring, and Christy Ann leaves Colorado for her assignment with the Peace Corps. I went to Burkina Faso, a small country in West Africa. I was driven to Buende, a very remote village. There was no plumbing, no electricity. The nearest town was about 40 miles that was only accessible by bike. I was a community health educator. I did a lot of hand-washing demonstrations to educate on how they could be doing something that might help prevent an illness. But two months in, 
Christiane experiences an ailment of her own. It was early morning. I was in my hut. I had these sharp pains in my stomach, and all of a sudden I had this urge to, like, go to the bathroom right now. And I made it to my latrine. This is not a toilet. It's a hole in the ground. I was getting sick from both ends. And in Peace Corps, we call that the double dragon. It was so intense, and I could just feel my body convulsing. And the whole time I'm thinking, this isn't normal. This isn't normal. I came out of the latrine, and I was completely depleted. Christiane takes anti-nausea medication. But three days later, the nausea and diarrhea are still taking a dramatic toll on Christiane's body. I was inside my hut one afternoon, getting dressed, and I noticed that my clothes were just falling off of me. I had probably lost at least 10 pounds. That's a lot for me. I really started to get worried. And I thought maybe, just to be on the safe side, I should send a stool sample to the Capitol. But getting the sample to a health center in the Capitol isn't easy. So Christiane enlists the help of a friend. One of the closest Burkinabe to me was named Robert, and he helped me with everything. I gave him my stool sample, and I said, please get this to the Capitol. Robert delivers the sample to doctors almost 300 miles away in the capital of Ouagadougou. While she waits for the results, Christiane's thoughts turn to home. I thought, I need to tell my mom. I need to tell her what's going on. Despite the poor cell phone service, Christiane manages to send her mother a text message. I was home making dinner, and Christiane texted me. She was actually not feeling very well. And then at that point, it, it cut off. Christiane normally never told me anything that would make me worry. So that was like a giant red flag waving for me as a mom. I was really upset. I tried to text her back to tell her, make sure you take your medication. But I didn't hear anything back from her. Seven days later, Christiane receives a parcel in the mail. I received a package from doctors in the Capitol. And inside the package, I found just antibiotics. No note, nothing, just antibiotics. Whatever I had could be cured by antibiotics. Great. So I took the antibiotics. I was elated. The medication seems to do the trick. But two months later, the symptoms suddenly return. I was reading my book in my hut, and I got this sudden wave of nausea. And I grabbed my bucket, and I threw up. But it hurt so bad. And I looked in the bucket, and I see this green, almost egg-white substance. And it's foamy. And it smells funny. And I think, this isn't normal. This doesn't come out of human bodies. And that's when panic set in. Fearing for her health, Christiane tries to contact the doctors in the Capitol. The text said, I'm in danger. I need help. I can't do this anymore. She also reaches out to her mother. 
I was at home doing some yard work and my cell phone went off. Christiane is texting me, telling me that her symptoms have gotten worse. And my first thought was, she's in the middle of nowhere. I was a nervous wreck. I told her that maybe this is the time that she needs to start thinking, maybe throwing in the towel, that maybe it's time to come home. And Melody's not the only one telling her to leave Buende. I was in my hut, and I had received a text message from the Peace Corps doctors. And it said, Christiane, you need to come to the Capitol. We are going to send someone for you. But I wasn't going to wait for Peace Corps to come because I was so miserable and so sick. And so I got on my bike. And... I started pedaling out of village, and I pedaled and pedaled. And it was the hardest 40 miles that I have ever had to ride a bike. I stopped to throw up every 15 minutes, and it was so hot, and I was exhausted, and I couldn't keep fluids inside of me, but I made it to Bobo. From the town of Bobo de Olasso, Christiane takes a seven-hour bus ride to a clinic in the capital of Ouagadougou. They thought I had appendicitis. Appendicitis is an inflammation of the appendix, causing this section of the intestines to swell. When left untreated, it can rupture and be fatal. I just knew how sick I was. I was so frustrated and upset. Doctors run multiple tests and gather fresh stool samples. And for the first time in months, Christiane is able to speak with her mother. I had access to wireless, and I decided to video chat my mother back in the States. I was sitting at the kitchen table on my laptop, and the Skype went off, and it was Christiane. She looked just horrible. I was shocked. I wanted to get in there and, like, take those doctors and shake them and go, what is wrong with my child? It was really hard to see my mom. It just broke my heart because I wanted her to be there so badly. I wanted to just break down and tell her everything that had happened, but I knew that I couldn't because I didn't want to worry her. So I smiled and I put on a happy face and I said, everything's fine. I love you and I miss you. One week later, the test results on her stool samples come back. The doctor came into my room and told me I had a parasite called Intamoeba histolytica. Intamoeba histolytica is a single-celled organism that lives in the human digestive system. There are no words to express how to feel when you're told you have a parasite inside of you. Inside Christiane's body, the parasites attack and kill the cells that line the walls of her intestine, leading to severe pain, dehydration, and nausea. An estimated 50 million cases of Entamoeba histolytica infection occur worldwide each year. As many as 100,000 of those who contract the disease will die. What makes it so deadly is its ability to eat its way through the intestinal wall and pass through the bloodstream 
where it can go on to infect vital organs, including the liver and the brain. And when it does that, it can be fatal. These parasites are lethal. I was terrified. I could die here. In West Africa, the deadly Intamoeba histolytica parasite is attacking Peace Corps worker Christiane Edie. There are no words to express how to feel when you're told you have a parasite inside of you. Christiane calls her mom to relay the horrific news. Mom? I was shocked when she told me that she had that. And she started bawling, just started crying incredibly. Of course, I was crying. I was prepared for the worst. I could die here. Doctors give Christiane a powerful antiparasitic drug called metronidazole. And for two weeks, the medication courses through her body. Luckily for Christiane, the drug rids her body of the deadly parasite before they reach her vitals. But the infection has led to a serious complication. I was suffering from malnutrition. And the doctor said to me, Christiane, we're going to have to send you back to DC. I was being emergency evacuated. After a total of eight months in Burkina Faso, Christiane returns to the United States, where she begins the slow road to recovery. I was lucky. But one mystery remains. How did Christiane contract this deadly parasite? Once inside its host, the Entamoeba histolytica parasite can produce 45 million cysts daily that then pass into the environment through the host's feces. If an uninfected person ingests feces that contain the parasite, they can become infected. Entamoeba histolytica has evolved to become one of the most infective parasites in the world. It only takes one single cyst to cause a deadly infection. I knew exactly how I got it. It is very much a part of the Burkinabe culture to eat as a group and to eat from one communal bowl with your hands. The irony is that I was teaching about the importance of hand washing, but it had been the transfer of human feces in the food that I ate. After six weeks in the hospital, Christiane is finally ready to go home. But the news isn't all good. The Peace Corps doctor said, unfortunately, we are not able to send you back. Her parasitic infection and related complications have left her digestive tract permanently damaged. To be able to help people was all I ever wanted to do. That was the death of my dream right there. The doctors told me that I should never go back to Africa. If I ever got sick again, I may not make it back out. I was lucky. Since her evacuation, Christiane has returned to Colorado. But her memories of Africa remain strong. It was the best experience of my life. It has completely changed my life. My family, my community, my friends, all of that is so important to me now. 
The Entamoeba histolytica parasite is endemic in tropical regions all over the world, but is particularly prevalent in areas with poor sanitation. Maintaining good hygiene is the best form of protection, particularly when traveling in the tropics. Thoroughly washing fruits and vegetables before eating them can also reduce the risk of infection. Nurse! There was really nothing that we could do. Is this gonna be my goodbye? The Great Plains city of Wichita, Kansas, is home to Gail Collins, her eldest daughter, Jennifer Beneviat, and her three grandsons, Riley, Jared, and Cody. They are very rambunctious. As anybody with children know, especially boys, they have so much energy. So I moved in with Jennifer to help her with her kids and make it a little bit easier on both of us with the bills. Jennifer made sure that those boys had anything and everything that they needed. She was a really good mom. But this close-knit family is about to be torn apart. One winter evening, Gail is at home, waiting for Jennifer and her grandchildren to get in. Jennifer was on her way home from her father's, and I saw her lights pull in the driveway, so I went out to help her, figuring that she had a lot of stuff to bring in. When I got to the car and saw her, she looked extremely pale, and she had dark circles under her eyes. She couldn't even get the baby out of his car seat. I just figured that she was worn out, so I just told her to go into the house. Gail helps bring the boys in, and the family settles down for the night. But a few hours later, Gail is woken by a startling sound. She was in the bathroom throwing up, and it woke me up. So I got up and went into the bathroom. The vomit was black. It looked almost like dried blood. She never really got sick like that. I was really kind of concerned. I really thought that she needed to go into the emergency room, but she would not do it. She wanted to try to wait it out. Jennifer takes ibuprofen, but doesn't get better. And two days later, Gail finds yet more cause for concern. I went and got the thermometer and took her temperature, and it was about 104. That's when I really got concerned, because when you read a high temperature, you can get brain damage. I just absolutely put my foot down and said, you're going to the hospital. So Gail rushes Jennifer to the emergency room. There, doctors take her vitals and run multiple tests. Her blood pressure was low, and Jennifer had never had a problem with her blood pressure before. But that's not all doctors find. The doctor told me that her oxygen level was dropping. I was extremely scared. To keep her oxygen level from dropping further, doctors place an oxygen mask on Jennifer. But later that night, Gail must leave Jennifer's side. I had to go home and take care of the boys. It was really hard for me to leave, but the nurses had convinced me that she was in good hands. Yep. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following morning, Gail prepares to return to the hospital. I was just getting dressed when the phone rang. And it was the hospital telling me that they needed me there as quickly as I could get there. I was very scared as to what had happened. When I got to the hospital, the nurses stopped me. They actually told me that Jennifer could no longer breathe on her own. She needed to be on life support. And I needed to sign papers so they could do this. And that was the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. But I knew I had to, because that was the only thing that was going to keep her alive. So as soon as my pen hit the paper, the tube went down her throat, and they started breathing for her. With Jennifer on life support, doctors break even worse news. The doctor explained to me that her kidneys were starting to fail. And her lungs were filling up. She was starting to drown in her own fluid. I sat there and stared at her because I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to take my daughter home. And I was really scared. With Jennifer fading fast, infectious disease specialist Dr. Keck Hartman of Via Christi Hospital steps in. Jennifer was critically ill. She had fluid buildup not only in the lungs, but outside the lungs and we had to try to remove it through a needle. Doctors jab a 12-inch long needle into the side of Jennifer's chest. 
But no matter how much fluid they drain, Jennifer's lungs mysteriously fill back up. So the doctors order a further series of tests. But before the results come back, Jennifer's condition nosedives. I was eating lunch in her room when her heart monitor went off. Nurse! And uh, the nurses came running into her room and told me I needed to leave. The buildup of fluid in Jennifer's chest is leading to irregular heartbeats, which could ultimately cause heart failure. I was extremely scared. Doctors treat her irregular heart rhythms with medicine and get them under control for the moment. She's going downhill, downhill, and downhill. And I may lose my daughter, and my grandkids may lose their mom. If doctors don't find out what's wrong and fast, Jennifer will die. Then, two days later, the blood tests finally come back. This time, they reveal a stunning diagnosis. Jennifer had hantavirus pulmonary syndrome. Hantavirus pulmonary syndrome is a deadly disease caused by the sin nombre hantavirus. It was just so unbelievable to me how this tiny little virus could do so much damage. Inside Jennifer's body, the hantavirus attacks the tiny blood vessels or capillaries that surround the lungs and rips gaps between the cells. The fluid from the blood leaks through these gaps and starts to fill up the lungs. The blood that is left in the capillaries then starts to thicken, which can lead to organ failure and even death. All I could hope for is that the good Lord was going to answer my prayers and that he was going to help her to fight this off. Hantavirus pulmonary syndrome, or HPS, is extremely rare. In fact, in North and South America, only around 300 cases of the condition are reported each year. But when it does occur, in up to 50% of cases, it's lethal. And doctors have even more bad news. There is no known treatment for the disease. As her mom, that's a very hard thing, that you can't make them better. But there's nothing I could do. It was all on her and God. For 10 days, the comatose Jennifer clings to life on a ventilator. Then, doctors are faced with a terrifying dilemma. Well, Jennifer was very close to death and was looking like she was coming up against the limits of what the ventilator could provide. They were going to have to remove Jennifer's breathing tube. It had been in too long, and they were going to have to do a tracheotomy. To keep Jennifer alive, doctors must insert another, more permanent tube through the neck that runs straight to the lungs. Gail waits helplessly as the procedure gets underway. Is she really going to make it? Or is this going to be my goodbye? But as the first breathing tube comes out, something extraordinary happens. And I stood at the foot of her bed, and we just kind of stood there and just watched her breathe on her own. And you want to just cheer. <laughs> to everyone's amazement, Jennifer is able to breathe on her own. They started bringing her out of her coma. 
and you see this look on her face. Against incredible odds, Jennifer Beneviat beats the lethal hantavirus infection. I was really confused about what was going on because the last I remember, we're going down a hallway. They told me what happened. I feel very lucky that I made it. Two months later, Jennifer finally returns home to her family. The first time I got to see my kids, it was great. And they're just super excited because it had been a long time since they had seen me. So they all gave me hugs. I was so happy, and her boys were so happy. It was a, a long, hard road, but she was back. But how did Jennifer contract the hantavirus infection? The hantavirus is typically carried by rodents. Humans can become infected if they inhale dust from the excrement of a contaminated animal. If the virus makes it into the human lungs, it can cause a deadly infection. With this information, Jennifer thinks she knows how she got the disease. I clean constantly, but living in Kansas, there's mice everywhere. I'd probably breathe in a ton of dust from just cleaning up. So it could have came from there. Today, Jennifer has made a full recovery. And both her and her mother, Gail, have learned a lot from this ordeal. My mom means everything to me. I couldn't have made it without her. We tell each other every day that we love each other. And she tells her boys every day because you never know when it's going to be the last time you see someone. Hantavirus infections have been reported in 34 American states, with the majority occurring in the Four Corners states, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, and Arizona. To minimize the risk of becoming infected with hantavirus, the CDC recommends avoiding areas where rodents are prevalent. And when cleaning areas littered with rodent excrement, the advice is to wear gloves and a mask, and also to spray the area with disinfectant and mop while the area is still wet to help prevent hantavirus from going airborne. The lights went out. His brain was disappearing. It was really disturbing. Brandy and Mark Franklin live in the quaint town of Hillsboro, Oregon. Hillsboro is a great community. It's a farming town uh, along with a great school system and just really nice neighborhoods and community parks. Mark works for an auto shop, and Brandy runs a daycare center in their home. Our house was extremely kid-friendly. You couldn't tell that an adult actually lived there. <laughs> Brandy has an eight-year-old daughter, Melina, from a previous relationship. And together with Mark, she has two sons, two-year-old Nolan and 18-month-old Kevin. Melina loved being a big sister. She did everything with the kids. Nolan and Kevin are almost exactly a year apart. Nolan was the older brother, and Kevin followed him around everywhere, so he was a shadow. Nolan and Kevin were just typical boys playing outside in the dirt, and we would play in the grass and just roam the backyard. But this family's world may soon turn upside down. One November evening, Mark gets home from work and notices something unusual. We were just getting ready for dinner, and Kevin was following me into the kitchen. He seemed dizzy. He was standing in front of me. He was kind of wobbly. I thought that was very peculiar. 
I thought maybe he was starting to get a cold, so I checked his temperature. It was 100.1. So that night we gave him a fever reducer and put him to bed like normal and didn't think much more. The next day, Mark goes to work while Brandy remains at home with her daycare. They were all sitting in the playroom, and when I walked in to check on all the kids, I noticed Kevin's eyes were fluttering. And when I mean fluttering, his eyeball itself was fluttering. I thought it was really strange. Brandy schedules an appointment with the pediatrician for the next day. But the appointment doesn't come soon enough. The next morning, I'd put everyone into the playroom, and he had started to play, but then walked over to me. There was something wrong with him. Kevin kind of looked like somebody that had a little bit too much to drink. Kind of that kind of daze when they're walking. And his bizarre behavior doesn't end there. And then Kevin laid down on his back and was staring straight up at the ceiling with no movement. I went over to him, and the expression in his eyes looked like the lights went out. No one was there. Something is completely wrong. It was a nightmare. I called a friend to come over and watch the daycare kids, and then I took him directly to the emergency room. There, doctors admit Kevin immediately. Mark joins Brandy at their son's bedside. Kevin was in bed with lines hooked up to him, and he looked He looked bad. Doctors assess his symptoms and theorize that the source of the problem may be neurological. The doctors wanted to check Kevin's brain functions, so they ordered an EEG to be done. An EEG is a test that measures the electrical activity in a patient's brain. In Kevin's case, the results are shocking. Kevin had encephalitis. Encephalitis is a dangerous swelling of the brain tissue that can lead to seizures, paralysis, and even death. But what's triggering his encephalitis remains unknown. It was an extremely large blow. The swelling in his brain was causing him to shut down. I felt like I was in a car accident and everything slows down. Pediatric neurologist Dr. Parvez Pahawala of St. Vincent's Medical Center in Portland takes up Kevin's case. Kevin was in stupor state, which means he was not comatose completely, but he was totally unresponsive. It was a very scary feeling. But it is discomforting to see your son just laying there. Dr. Pahawala and his team administer steroids to reduce the swelling in Kevin's brain and antibiotics to fight off any potential infections. And in spite of running numerous tests, the cause of the encephalitis remains a mystery. So Dr. Pahawala runs an MRI on Kevin's brain. And this time, the results are shocking. The MRI showed that white matter was shrunken significantly. There was damage. His brain was disappearing. We had that in the back of our mind that he wouldn't make it. It was extremely hard on both of us. He would just look past you. Like you're not there, or he doesn't know what's there, or nothing was registering. It was really disturbing. You know, he wasn't there. Little Cabby wasn't there anymore. Kevin couldn't walk or talk. He could barely roll over. I turned off any type of emotion. 
They didn't want to believe what was going on. Still without a diagnosis, doctors start Kevin on rigorous physical therapy to try to reverse the physical and neurological effects of the mysterious disease. He started to crawl. He started to reach up on stuff, and he started to vocalize more. It was just like having a newborn baby again, but we took it as one more day that we had him with us. Very slowly, Kevin begins to show slight signs of improvement. Then, three months after Kevin was admitted to the hospital, a very specialized test turns up something positive. We were in Kevin's physical therapy room. The doctor had stated that they had a result from the blood sample, and they knew exactly what Kevin had had. And the news will haunt Brandy and Mark for the rest of their lives. The doctor had stated that they had a result from the blood sample. There was a worm in his brain. Kevin had a parasite called Bayless Ascaris. Bayless Ascaris procyonis is a parasitic roundworm that infects the brain. The Bayless Ascaris parasites feed on the neural tissue in Kevin's brain. They can grow as large as two millimeters, causing significant damage. Kevin's immune system responds by sending white blood cells to attack the invaders. But this also causes severe swelling in his skull that then leads to Kevin's eye fluttering, unresponsiveness, and further neurological damage. Although infection with Bayless Ascaris is rare, when a parasite migrates to the central nervous system, the damage is irreversible. In almost 40% of neurological cases, the infection is fatal. And to date, the survivors of this devastating infection all suffer some form of permanent neurological damage. Though the antibiotics that the doctors gave Kevin did kill off the Bayless Ascaris worms, it's too late to prevent permanent brain damage. I was completely devastated. I've always wanted to have my boys with me and live with me and kind of just build stuff together. But he's not going to be able to do that. I was very angry to find that the damage had already been done and there wasn't anything we can do. After 10 more weeks of physical therapy, doctors send the boy home. He was back, so it was nice to have him there again. But how did Kevin contract this horrific infection? More commonly known as raccoon roundworm, the Bayless Ascaris parasite's life cycle begins in the intestine of a raccoon. There, the eggs hatch, eventually growing into adults that mate and lay thousands of eggs that are passed in the raccoon's feces. When other birds or mammals eat the contaminated feces, and then the raccoons eat the remains of that infected animal, the life cycle continues. But if a human ingests the eggs, they hatch in the small intestines and can migrate into vital organs. And Kevin's parents can only guess how he was infected. Everything went into Kevin's mouth. Sticks, rocks. He would go over to the dirt area and play with the dirt. And he would eat the dirt. You know, there were just raccoons that would go through our backyard. A child's instinct to put objects into their mouth helps them develop a stronger immune system. But this behavior can also make them susceptible to infection with the Bayless Ascaris parasite. 
The majority of Bayless Ascaris infections occur in children under the age of two who have ingested soil contaminated with a large number of the parasitic eggs. Today, Kevin is eight years old, and after countless hours of therapy, he has made significant progress. Kevin has regained a lot of function through his speech and physical therapy. He's learning to walk again and also communicate through sign language. We're very thankful that you made it out. He's a really awesome kid. I'm very proud of Nolan and of Melina. They both stepped up and took on that role of helping Kevin do everything. All three of them are super close. You know, I think that'll last forever. To minimize the risk of becoming infected with Bayless Ascaris, the CDC advises homeowners to keep outside areas free of potential food sources to discourage raccoons from rummaging near the home. And, as always, hand washing and strict hygiene can also help reduce the risk of infection. For more blood-curdling monsters and their hideous habits, visit our website, animalplanet.com slash monsters inside me. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.